Thank you for joining us here at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. Please take a moment to submit your story to info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc give to find the giving options that work best for you. We have an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. I want to speak to you for just a few moments, Matthew chapter 14. You know, we're in the sixth month of the year. We're at the marking place, the halfway point of the year. I want to speak to you from the subject, there's a miracle in the middle. There's a miracle in the middle. Matthew chapter 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he saw that they were, were hungry, so he was moved with compassion. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. I love that. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. I want to jump to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately, immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, he went up immediately to the mount, a mountain to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the wave, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch in the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. I love that. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You know, we're at the halfway point of the year. You know, some of you came into 2023 I mean, you came in with passion. You closed out 2022. You came in. You had a word for the year. We were in a 21-day fast. You were ready to go. I mean, there was a passion in your spirit. And you may be here today. You may be right there. You may still have that word. You're running with passion. But I have to believe there's some that are here. Now we're at the halfway point. They've kind of got maybe a lost sight of the word a little bit. The passion is not there. Or maybe you're in the middle of a fight right now. Maybe you're in the middle of a season. 
Maybe you're in the middle of a circumstance. Maybe you're in the middle of a bad marriage. Maybe you're in the middle of torn finances. Maybe you're in the middle of depression. Maybe you're in the middle of just fighting the good fight of faith, and at times it feels like you're losing. Came into this year, and we were declaring over this year and believing that this was going to be a marking year, a year of God's yes over us. And we're here now at the halfway point, halfway through the year. That's hard to believe. It's hard to believe we're halfway through. You know, sometimes the halfway point is the hardest place because you're far enough in, but you're still far from where you're going. And we find that Jesus, he was with his disciples and they were ministering. And, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 is so um, remarkable that all four Gospels recorded it. It was one of the very few things that all four Gospels recorded. It was such a moving place for the disciples. All four Gospels recorded it. I believe it was because it was the first time that the kingdom was distributed through them. It had been moved around them, but Jesus looked at his disciples after a time of ministry. Miracles were happening, but Jesus was doing all the work. And finally, one of his disciples said, these people are hungry. And you know how hungry church people get. Some of you say, Pastor, I'm hungry now. Hurry. You know how hungry church people get. You know, they're ready to go. And they said, these people are hungry. We're, we're, you know, we're in this deserted place. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. Send them into town so they can go and uh, find food. And they can buy themselves food. And Jesus said, you don't need to send them away. You feed them. They look at Jesus like he's crazy. Jesus, have you seen the crowd? If we could feed them, it would cost so much money, and all we have is a few loaves and a few pieces of fish. And Jesus said, bring me the little you have. Here's a principle. Little is much when God is in it. They took the loaves, the fish, they put it in the hand of Jesus, and here's what happens. The Bible said he blessed, he broke it. He blessed it, and then he gave it. I find most of the time in our journey, before we find blessing, we find brokenness. Before we walk in the blessed life, we walk through the broken places. The Bible said he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it. Maybe you're walking through a broken season. I've got good news. There's blessing in your future. You say, well, pastor, how do you know that? The Bible said he is near the brokenhearted. And when you understand that he does his best work with broken pieces, why? Because when he broke it, it was now ready for multiplication. The Bible said he broke it, he blessed it, and then he gave it. And the Bible said he put it in the hands of the disciples. This would be the first time they would be the distribution unit of the kingdom. It would be God's ultimate plan. He would tell them, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. He would tell them to go into all the world. But this was the first glimpse they got of it, where you put the kingdom in their hand and they would begin to distribute. And when they were done with this sack lunch, there were 12 baskets left over. How many disciples were there? 12. I believe he was just really a trophy because really this young boy couldn't eat all this food. I believe it was for the disciples. No, when you put the little in your hand, there's always a season of overflow in your future. Anytime you put your little in my hand, there's always a season of abundance in your future. When you put the broken fragments in our hand, the blessing begins to multiply. It's the first time that the kingdom is distributed through the people of God. And it was such a marking place. All four gospels recorded it. And then immediately Jesus said, Get in the boat, we're going to the other side. They got in the boat, but Jesus doesn't come with them. He goes to the mountain to pray. They get in the boat, they're used to the water. Most of these men made their living by the water. 
And the Bible said as they started out in this journey, the Bible said when they got to the middle of the journey, the Bible said a storm rose. Sometimes the storms in the middle of our journey, many times they are not there to take us out, but they're there to set us up. And the Bible said Jesus saw them straining. Mark's gospel says this in chapter 6, verse 48. Then he saw them straining and rowing for the wind was against them. They were going nowhere. They were just rowing against the wind. And Jesus saw them and he starts walking out to them on the water. But here's what happens. These men that were just used to distribute the kingdom, the Bible said they thought he was a ghost God's about to teach these men something in this journey in the middle of this thing the first thing he was going to teach them was obedience obedience the Bible said Noah did all that God commanded him what did Noah do he built a boat when there was no water to float it he built a boat when it had never rained on the earth he built a boat when it seemed foolish and people laughed at his boat. But the Bible said there were fountains in a deep place stored for Moses. Noah, there were fountains of a deep place and the heavens were holding rain. And the minute that he finished the boat, fountains of the deep place began to break open and the rains began to come. The thing that I believe he was teaching them first, he told them, get in the boat, we're going to the other side, was obedience. The second was patience. They were rowing but going nowhere. Anybody have a trouble with patience? I do, pray for me. I do not like to wait. But I'm telling you, there's something about the revelation of patience and peace. Because the Bible said, they that wait upon the... Oh, we've got some church people here today. Those that wait upon the Lord. The Bible said there's a renewing in the wait. There's a restrengthening in the way. There's something that happens in the way. He says, we learn to walk, we learn to run, and eventually we learn to soar to levels we have never been at. I'm telling you, for some of you, you're in the waiting room of life right now. Keep waiting, but wait on him. Don't wait on your neighbor. Don't wait on the pastor. Wait on him. Because if you wait on him in due season, you will be in due with power. I'm telling you, there's some of you about to give up. You're weary and you're well-doing. Here's a word for you. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Rejoice in your waiting. Trust in your waiting he was teaching them about patience he was teaching them about perspective because they were losing sight I'm telling you perspective is everything sometimes we think we have it bad and then we begin to look out at those around us I'm telling you kingdom perspective you know it's amazing when I look out the window of an airplane how much more I can see than when I'm standing in the airport because I'm at a higher level perspective is everything Jesus was on the mountain and they were in the storm Jesus could see them clearly. They were having trouble. See, perspective is everything. And when you're in a storm, pray that God gives you kingdom perspective. That you can see the way he sees. Because he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the... He already sees the end of the story. Kingdom perspective is everything. He began to teach them about focus. There is nothing that will sidetrack you from your journey more than broken focus. I'm telling you, there is nothing that will take you out of alignment with your assignment like broken focus. When you focus on the wrong thing, when you begin to look to the left or the right, that's why he says do not lean to the left or do not lean to the right, but acknowledge me in all of your ways and I will direct your path. Why? He's off not only the author of our story, he's the finisher of our story. He writes the first chapter and he writes the last chapter. And when you realize he'll put the period on your story, I'm telling you, that's where you begin to trust in him. And the last thing he was teaching him was the principle of faith and the principle of purpose because they enter 
interlock. And when you realize he is building faith, this whole story is full of the word immediately, immediately, immediately. Suddenlies were happening in their life. And when suddenlies and immediatelys begin to happen in your life, they begin to build faith in your life. And some of you right in the middle of a journey right now, God is teaching you faith. He is teaching you about the principle of faith. He's telling you how to hear with ears of faith and how to speak with the mouth of faith and how to believe with the heart of faith. Why? Faith does not only move God, faith moves you. It takes you and aligns you to the place God has for you. I'm telling you, the middle can be a tricky place, though. Your mind begins to play tricks on you. But I'm telling you, all through the Word of God, your Bible is full of middle places. Matter of fact, the Bible said right in the middle of the flames, Jesus showed up and he met Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody remember those three guys? The Bible said in the middle of a valley, David reached in a bag, pulled out a rock, and said, oh, you messed with the wrong valley because this valley belongs to Judah, and I'm from the tribe of Judah. And David knew that that giant had picked the wrong valley. He reached in the bag. Matter of fact, say, it's in the bag. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's in the bag. Your destiny's in the bag. Your purpose is in the bag. Why? Because in the middle of my daddy's living room, I stood under a horn of oil. And the Bible said, in the midst of his brothers. Who were those brothers? They were the haters of his life. Those were the ones that saw nothing in him. I'm telling you, for some of you, God's going to anoint you in the middle of those ones that told you no, that said you never would, those Facebook bandits that write things alongside your name. I'll tell you, God's about to anoint you in the middle of it all. In the middle of a valley, he reached in the bag, pulled out a rock, and defeated a giant. Paul and Silas in the middle of the night, the midnight. The Bible said they began to sing and they began to praise and God began to shake the jailhouse and open the door and shackles began to fall and revival came to the house. The Bible said in the middle of a well, Jonah cried out from the innermost parts. And the Bible said God redirected his destiny and purpose. The Bible said God told the children of Israel, when you cross over the Jordan, stop in the middle and get a rock. And when you get out the other side, build a memorial because I'm the one that brought you through. And when your children and your grandchildren come along, they will ask you what this stacks, stack of rocks mean. And you would say, oh, that was from the other side. That's when we did not think we could make it out of the wilderness. That's where people were giving up. But right in the middle of the journey, God gave us a testimony and he gave us a rock of tomorrow. Oh, it was the man in the middle that changed everything. The man in the middle hanging between two thieves. And he looked up and said, boys, we're going to finish this today. And he looked at the heavens and declared, it is finished. I'm telling you, the middle journey can change everything. Why? Because if you do not watch, your focus is broken and you want to retreat to where you've been. But here's the revelation. When you're in the middle, you're just as close to where you're going as you are as where you've already been. And if you retreat, it's just wasted energy. But if you make up your mind in the middle of the journey, you are going to reach your destiny. And here's what happens. The Bible said Jesus had just performed this great miracle. The gospel would foretell it over and over. And the Bible that he told them get in the boat we're going to the other side that word there should have been enough that you're going to make it that you're going to get to the other side but in the middle of the journey we find a storm rose up and they found themselves stuck Jesus walks out they look out there and these same men that were just used in the kingdom are now confused because sometimes in the storm it's hard to recognize the hand of God it's working. I said, who's out there? One said, I think it's a ghost. 
Another one said, I'm not afraid of no ghost. Oh, no, that was another. That's not in the Bible. That's, that's not in your Bible. You'll go home and look for that all day. Anybody remember Ghostbusters? Sorry. Jesus said, do not fear, it is I. Hey, it's me, the God of the loaves and the fishes. Be of good courage, do not fear. Peter yelled out, if it is you, tell me to come to you. He said, come on. Peter jumped out of the boat, and when he hit the water, he began to walk for ordinary men's sake. I'm telling you, sometimes in the middle of your journey, he will teach you that you can walk where there is no foundation. He will teach you that you can survive where other people drown. He will teach you that you are more than an overcomer and that you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. He will remind you where other people are faltering, you have a sure foundation. Where other people are going under, you're going over. And he began to walk. And as long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. But the minute he got his focus broken and he began to look on the elements around him, when he began to look at the waves that were lapping, they were strong and the storm was great. When he got his eyes off Jesus and his eyes on the storm he began to sink but all of a sudden in a moment of sinking faith began to rise up and I'm telling you for some of you that feel like you're sinking I declare that faith is rising up for some of you that have been lost in the last season you're refocusing on Jesus in this season the Bible said all of a sudden faith began to rise up and Jesus took him by the hand snatched him up and got him back to the boat and the Bible said when he got him back to the boat, something happened on that boat. They make this declaration. There's a whole nother level of, of revelation on this boat. I'm telling you, they marveled when they fed the 5,000. But when he got back from walking on water, this is what they said. Surely this is the Son of God. This is the one that has been talked about from Genesis. The one that the major prophets and the minor prophets have all declared. They're on that boat in the middle of the journey, in the middle of the storm. They had the revelation that he was the Messiah you know we thought he might be we thought it could be but surely he is the one and I'm telling you sometimes in the middle of the storm when you cannot see God at work when you wonder if he's hearing your prayers and you're wondering if he's moving on your behalf those are the moments he gives you your greatest revelation because you come out the other side you pick up a rock and you defeat the giant you come out with a shout you come out with a testimony you come out with a declaration you come out saying greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You come up declaring if God be for me, what or who can be against me? You come out declaring I'm the head and not the tail, the first and not the last. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. Would you take about 10 seconds right in the middle of this year, right in the middle of your battle, right in the middle of your journey. Come on and give him a good praise today. Give him a declaration. Oh, you're not finished. You're still writing my story you're not done you're still writing my story this is not the final chapter it's just a chapter come on take about 10 more seconds come on the devil is a liar the devil is a liar he's not taking you out God's setting you up God's setting you up come on jump to your feet jump to your feet I want the worship team to come quickly today somebody say yes Lord Mm. this is what happens this is what happens 
The Bible said when they got in the boat, immediately they made it to the other side. And the Bible said when they got to the other side, revival broke out. They began to quickly bring their sick. Matter of fact, the minute he got the boat, they said, it's Jesus. Now watch. Those closest to Jesus did not recognize him in the storm. But the casual observer recognized him quickly when things were peaceful. What you and I as believers have to watch that in the storm and in the middle of the journey, we do not lose sight of who he is, this alpha God and this omega God in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the fight, in the middle of the, just the mundane places in life, in those middle places where we want to give up, all of a sudden we see him. How do you see God? The Bible says the pure in heart. The key is this, keeping your heart pure in the middle of the journey. And do not let those things around you. Because here's the revelation of the storm. As long as the water was on the outside of the boat, they were okay. But if you let too much of what's outside get on the inside, eventually the boat begins to sink. And what was happening too much of the outside, not just the water, but the fear, the disillusionment, the depression, the heartache, the discouragement, when too much of the outside gets on the inside, the boat begins to sink. But the minute Jesus got on the boat, immediately they made it to the other side. And revival broke out. Matter of fact, when Jesus came back to this region, the whole region was moving with the gospel. Could it be that the storm is just trying to take you out from your next season because the enemy got a glimpse of where you're going and he knows on the other side there's destiny in your life. He knew that the miracles of the fish and the loaves were just the beginning. He knew that the season you were in was just the beginning. He knew that when God began to multiply, I'm telling you, I believe every, that moment that Jesus put the hands of the fish in the hands of the disciples, it made the enemy nervous because the minute that they started using their gifts for the kingdom, it was one thing when one guy named Jesus was doing it all the work, but the minute now there's 12 of them in the earth, and the minute they started distributing the kingdom, it made hell nervous and there was a pushback. But I'll tell you what happens with every pushback. It becomes a set up because the enemy comes in like a flood. But the Holy Spirit raises up a standard. And he said, what the enemy meant for evil, I'm about to flip the script and use it for your good. And I declare over someone today that what the enemy tried to do to take you and your family out is getting ready to set you up for a greater season. You're coming out with a testimony. You're coming out with a shout. You're coming out with a declaration. You're coming out saying, if God be for me, 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 who or what can be against me? Thank you again for joining us for today's message. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and changed your life. If there is anything we can pray with you about, or if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We would love to invite you to be our guest at one of our campuses throughout Tampa for our Sunday service experience. You can find out our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our app on your smartphone and tablets for more online messages and to stay up to date with everything happening at City Life. It was great having you with us today, and we will see you next time.